How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going today, Dave? It's going really good. We yeah. are hard fall vibing. Hard fall vibing? I'm not sure what that means. It, it is an extreme, a more extreme level of just fall vibing. Ah, okay. The season. Yeah. Gotcha. I got some pumpkin spice wall plugins. I got some oh. apple cider donuts today and some apple cider. And now I'm just borderline comatose. <laughs> I have had like, I'm, I'm, I do want to ask about the apple spice plugins because I thought you were going to go like in the direction of coffee or something. Is it just a strong autumnal scent? Is that basically what they are? Just like a well, oil it's like dispensers? Yeah, it's one of the ones that it you plug it in and it diffuses slowly over the course of like 30 days. Hmm. So initially you smell it more so in the first day and then you become pretty accustomed unless you run errands and come back home and you're like, ah, someone's, someone's making pumpkin spice. <laughs> no, that is pretty great though. I've never used this. I'll be honest. Um, somebody many years ago had them. I'm like, that smells nice. And I've adopted it ever since, and I've never given them credit. But I don't really talk to them anymore. So if you're listening to the podcast, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> yeah, um, we we collect uh, a lot of candles because they smell good, mm-hmm. but they don't have a constant large aura of uh, of scent like um like a wall plug in or something like that. So um. I mean, also just don't let them burn all the time because that wouldn't that's, be a good idea, thing, either. right? Yeah, because I have to like light it and then keep an eye on it, and then if I want things to smell nice overnight, uh, it's weird to have like flickering light throughout the apartment. Right. Yeah. Is this distracting? <laughs> and if it, get, if it gets too bright, then you just get suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's less. It doesn't smell so much uh, of autumn scents anymore, and a little bit more of fire <laughs> and flames and smoke. <laughs> That's when you get suspicious. Yeah, I gotta say, fucking incense has always smelled terrible to me. Oh yeah, it's like the most intense smelling thing. It's like somebody's. You know when you like walk by Bed Bath and Beyond. Hmm. It's like three times that, but in a stick. <laughs> And I hate it. It's too many things going on at once. Maybe I just have like, uh, maybe I'm just too sensitive. Right. But I hate that. No, I think that's fair. Um, we actually have a, um, like a three headed dragon incense burner with like incense triangles. You can like light them and put them in the base. Mm-hmm. And then the smoke comes out of the dragon's mouth. Oh, nice. Which is kind of cool. Uh, it is a very strong scent though. Like, like you mentioned, um, I find like a nice uh, citrus diffuser, oil diffuser or something like that is much more pleasant, um, if not significantly less dramatic than the dragon breathing smoke, you know, but this is why um, when I have guests over, I just have orange peel. I just kind of squeeze it randomly <laughs> at them. We just end the conversation. <laughs> It's usually like after I've done a poo, I'll just grab the orange peels and just start going, going ham. <laughs> no, that's uh, I think that's the only reasonable thing to do in that situation. Yeah. 
Speaking of going ham, though, in the game we're talking about today, you could possess a Goomba, which is like a ham, I assume. Similar meat structure. They look like they could be ham. That's the transition. You got nothing from me. Mario, <laughs> about Mario Odyssey, which is um, uh, this is this is coming from Dave, uh, both in the suggestion and literally I played Dave's copy. <laughs> so thank you, Dave. Well, this is something I even jumped on the train for very late because uh, I'm not somebody who will grab things at launch typically. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've heard good things about Mario Odyssey. I've never played it. I got some weird like working on the weekend bonus money from a job Mm -hmm. let me just instead of you know putting it into savings or anything let me just burn that immediately right so i picked up mario odyssey and then i played through and i'm like hey jake we should do an episode on this and you're like okay and then i drove it over to your house (laughs) yes yes you did (laughs) and then many months passed and now we have arrived and (laughs) i've finally completed the main story at least and ready to talk about it so yeah, yeah, this is uh latest Mario platformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta say, uh, it's it's really good. Because more recently, in like the past week or so, I've been doing a little bit of the Mario All-Stars 3-pack. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting with 64. Right. And holy shit, uh, it, is, it is wildly different. Because 64 yeah. is a piece of shit. In comparison... <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna hard contest that, but yeah. <laughs> in comparison to Mario Odyssey. I mean, it's also like a decade in difference of development or more. Um, oh, more than more than a decade. <laughs> what would have? Because oh yeah, yeah, no, it would have been twenty years. Um, it was ninety four. I'm pretty sure. Twenty six years. <laughs> um, as of the time of this recording, <laughs> and sixty four came out, and I was gonna ask, um, but first I'll answer, um. I haven't played many Mario games. I've only played mm-hmm. Mario 64, maybe a little bit of handheld stuff, but I don't even think I completed any of those and um, Paper Mario and now Mario Odyssey. So there's a massive jump between the two, but I see a whole lot of like essential or like very similar Mario features in Odyssey compared to um, compared to 64. But you've played 64 more recently. Um, how, what is your experience with the Mario franchise? Some of 64 growing up when I'd visit my cousin playing within the last week mm-hmm. and then Mario Odyssey. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So similarly. Yeah. I didn't really grow up playing a whole lot. I didn't usually get Mario games. Mm-hmm. So I initially got the GameCube as my first console for the sake of Sonic Adventure Battle 2. Right. So I was very much in the Sonic camp. You didn't get Sunshine for the cube of games see by that time because i did want to play it uh, i think my parents had a rule of only allowed to have one console so i didn't mm-hmm. just amass electronics right so i sold off my gamecube and got a playstation gotcha or an okay. Xbox. i forget what the order was mm-hmm. but interesting transitioned off but i did play a little bit of that again at my cousin's house mm-hmm. enough to mutilate a squid and feel remorse Right, there's something ethically wrong with ethics. We'll we'll say it here as a preface, but um, Mario has a troubled, tortured relationship with ethics uh, through the course of his games. So, 
we'll get there. But can't, can't be worse than Kirby, though. <laughs> I mean, Kirby's is pretty messed up. But at least Kirby usually kills the things that it, it eats. Um, unless you're playing Smash, in which case that doesn't happen at all. <laughs> I'll kill you. Kirby will still <laughs> kill you, but not by eating you, usually. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, but yeah, Mario... Um, Coming, coming into Mario Odyssey, uh, it is a, for those unfamiliar with Mario, I guess, um, the traditional platformer inspiration in many people's eyes. Um, this is a 3D one, so a lot of world exploration, some puzzles, um, a lot of platforming that for the base game is not, for the most part, overtly difficult, but it does ramp up in the post game. I did look at some of those videos. Um, but it's largely go world by world to interesting locales, which harkens all the way back to like, you know, um, super Mario 64 further back, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, collect items, keep the plot going (laughs) and, uh, try to clear everything by the end. Right. That's the short of it. But then Odyssey has its own little twist, the morph function. If you want to, uh, talk about it at all. Yeah, so in this game, they just added a hat that you throw onto an enemy uh, and you can become that enemy. Mm. And it's usually for the purposes... Well, I mean, obviously, shits and giggles, it's really fun. Yeah. Uh, But for, like, everything else, each enemy or just creature will have a certain interaction for how it moves around or something that it can do functionally. So you use that to solve puzzles. Maybe you're grabbing the gliding lizard to be able to fly somewhere. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're grabbing the statue with sunglasses so you can see invisible objects. Yeah. Maybe you're stacking Goombas because you need to get to a certain height to see a lady Goomba. So she thinks, wow, what a tall, handsome man. Uh, And then you'll get a moon that way. Oh, that's how that works. Okay. I never Mm -hmm. figured that out. Okay, she always just left, and I was just like, "All right, bye." This part of the game we'll never figure out. Yeah, um, I think I either did that accidentally or I had to look that up. Huh. Interesting. I I do think the stacking Goombas is some of the uses are fairly hilarious, and this is one of them because you just start as whatever you possess gets the the Mario hat and a mustache. Usually, right? You're not confused with the other Goombas nearby, <laughs> right? Additionally, it allows the other opponents, the enemies, to determine that you are the subversive Mario, subversive Mario body snatcher, and they should focus their ire on you still. Um, so it's it's you know helps uh, identify combatants in this case, um, but you can just jump on top of Goombas and they'll continue to stack, and it's kind of like you know like those robots that have. Uh, wheels that'll turn and turn other wheels. That's basically how the the Goomba kind of works. The left and right legs control the bottom most Goomba (laughs) and this this pillar. (laughs) I understood the last bit. I got confused in the middle. (laughs) Yeah, the robot part's a little bit weird. I guess you can think of it as just gears or something on a clock. I don't know Mm. if there's a they share a central nervous system for Goomba stack or if they're all stepping on each other's heads. And propagating downward. I imagine the one at the bottom is doing all the work and the rest are just kind of there for balance. Right. So the question is, how does Mario at the top motivate the one on the bottom then? 
there's I have no idea. Hmm. I have no idea. I'm really questioning my beliefs here. <laughs> but anyways, you can walk around and then anytime you jump, the whole stack jumps. So you can just keep jumping on top of Goombas till you're like 20 Goombas high or whatever. Yeah, it's they do a really good job of just making it fun for the sake mm-hmm. of it being fun. Like if you take over a Koopa that can throw hammers, you just mm-hmm. jump around chucking hammers. But then they'll make puzzles around that mechanic specifically. Yeah. So you feel rewarded for when you do it and you're not just wasting time trying out a new morph. Yeah. And they do a really good job of kind of, hey, here's a given area. You're going to have these different types of enemies. Maybe you'll grab a chain chomp and you have to pull Mm -hmm. back and then let go. And then like the sheer um, release force of like the ball slamming into something will break something. Right. A new pathway. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's being a fucking T-Rex and yeah. just destroying things because you're a fucking T-Rex. Like, it's all fun, but then they utilize that fun component so that you're actually solving the game. Like, everything is built around those mechanics for that level. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I don't I, think there's anyone I'm like, oh, I have to be this fucking guy. It sucks. Yeah. Some of them are definitely a little more fun or inspired um, than others. But they all well yeah none of them you can tap out whenever you want you can jump out as mario um so if you're not enjoying a particular morph you can use it just for the puzzle and then swap back but some of them are cool enough that i found myself going a little out of the way uh to grab them such as the uh the squids in let me just cheat here and look at the name of the kingdom seaside kingdom um which had uh, sometimes you have the controls are fairly simple. Um, and there's only so many buttons you really have to worry about. And then there's some motion controls on top, but uh, some morphs only have one op, one main function and others will have like two. And this one had, uh, you can like zoom in a direction by expelling water like really fast. And then another button that let you launch up in the air uh, like on a pillar of water and you can hold both and just book it on like semi flight across the ocean at the expense of a sphere of water that the squid, the squid kind of like um, suspends or it's like an octopus more, I guess. Yeah. Um, and once that runs out, then it just drops onto whatever surface and you just flail about until you can get to water and make another sphere. Yeah. It's definitely a resource. Um, but I mean, as soon as you drop back in the water, you get it again. Mm-hmm. But it's like enough to solve any given puzzles. But it's yeah. not so much that you can infinitely fly around and try and break map barriers. <laughs> yeah, literally, like no clip through this. One of the things I liked about that is because it is, I think they realized because Nintendo does a stupid amount of development time, right? Like oh Nintendo tends to publish, like to revise their products over and over and over again for their first party. And then if at any point they're just like, we don't think this is going to be fun, they'll just drop it, like regardless of how much time was spent on it. So some of these things cook for a long time. Um, and I can tell that there's there's other morphs available there. I can't remember any of them, really. But this one was so fun and like agile and cool that they're like, for the boss, this is what you're going to be using. Like, you're going to beat the boss with this morph. You won't be able to get to it as Mario because it's kind of 
hovering above the water. Mm-hmm. And I had fun with that boss. It was awesome. It felt like kind of I only played Mario Sunshine like at Walmart and the little demo di- the demo display thing. But it felt like a Mario Sunshine moment, kind of like spraying water all over the place and stuff. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, they do a really good job of it. Also, how did you feel about the the actual hat controls? Because like, there's obviously standard Mario movement and mechanics. If you remember, hearkening back to the days of '64, yeah, you have your triple jump, you have your backflip, you have your jump, and then you kick for a little bit of extra height. Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, you can throw your hat, jump on top of it for an extra jump. Yeah, mm-hmm. and kind of like stall midair. You there can also chain of... that with like jumping and like take taking things over. Yeah. There's a lot of movement tech uh, in, in the game. A lot of ways you can combine things. Um, I, I enjoyed those. I probably underutilized a couple options just because, and I might be judged for this. So I'm going to ask first, did you play with Joy-Cons or the Pro Controller? Pro Controller. Okay, I also played with Pro Controller. Good. The game judged me every time I turned it on, being like, try out Joy-Cons, because we made the game to be used this way. I was like, screw that. I tried that, and the inputs were less precise than the Pro Controller, so the platforming feels better as Mario with the Pro Controller. Yeah, I don't like the idea of separate hand controls. It feels disjointed to me. I guess I don't have enough experience with it to be like, oh, it's intuitive and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. it's just give me the thing that's like a controller we'll work with that cool also was... i'm not sure where the split is for motion tie-in mm-hmm. if that's just for joy cons you can shake the pro controller and the um, gyroscope will do whatever the shake motion for joy cons would do so if you're climbing you can climb faster by like shaking the joy con okay uh, similar thing with the pro controller you can just like jiggle it up and down i probably did a little bit of jiggling mm-hmm for like a a speed trial here and there there was there's a couple mechanics where they wanted you to use um movement controls to kind of like accelerate something um some of the enemies only had attacks they would have other buttons and things but their attack would be bound to shaking the controller um climbing we mentioned i think electricity anytime you're morphed into a a power line you can go faster if you shake the controller can Um, you yeah mm-hmm. huh i literally never tried that i'm just like i'm here for the ride <laughs> <laughs> um but uh oh in the hat if you throw the hat out uh it it can be your like range projectile to do damage to things unless you're taking them over possessing them um but if you throw the hat and like shake the controller it'll do like a round mario large spin um that kind of like has some auto targeting for enemies uh, which is which is cool. I like that. I didn't use it that much. <laughs> I I would always initially try and do that. Then I'd throw the hat out. It would come back, and then I would start like spinning in place. Mm-hmm. And then the second time I did it, it would do what I wanted it to do. Yeah, I'm not sure if 100%. that was an issue of just my input or it was meant for no. Joy Cons and not jo- the Pro Controller. It was definitely meant for Joy Cons because that part was actually easier to do with Joy Cons. But like I said, the Mario platforming part was significantly better for me with the pro controller i actually googled this like when i started playing it because it's like oh it's recommending joy cons for me what do people say on the internet i should use and someone was like just use the joy cons it'll be great 
I'm like, all right, I'll try it. But that person's in jail now. (laughs) Yeah, I think they might be. Uh, Liar's jail. (laughs) Um, And it works. It works fine. It's probably the best game I could see that I have played with the Joy-Cons. But again, for precision platforming, left stick move body, right stick move camera. That's just really nice to have on the Pro Controller. So, Yeah, I've always liked that setup for dual analog. Mm-hmm. Also, this game has a metric fuck ton of collectibles, which we know of as moons in this game. Mm. Power moons. So some of it you can get through like main story, and a lot of other things are just optional. But they have so many jam-packed in per level. What was it, mm-hmm. like 50 per level? Yeah, I think it's 50 per level for a while. And you might like visibly see six, but mm-hmm. then they'll have other ones just kind of tucked away in like small things like, oh, you can buy one at a shop. Yeah. Oh, if you get a cowboy hat and the dog is also wearing a cowboy hat, the dog will take you to a moon. Mm-hmm. Did you try that in uh, Toasterina? I didn't know that one. No, I missed that. I found that one accidentally because I would just I put on the cowboy outfit and then the dog had a cowboy hat. I'm like, hey, look at us. <laughs> um, and it barked and then ran off and I chased it and it dug up a, a fucking moon. That's great. Or sometimes they have like these little puzzles or quizzes with a sphinx. Mm-hmm. Which are always <laughs> ridiculously simple. And yeah. the, the, the sphinx is like, I should have asked the harder question. <laughs> Did you get it wrong? Try again for no penalty. <laughs> um, that That is like, as an aside, the try again with no penalty is kind of the... Um, the philosophy of this one, even more so than Super Mario 64. Um, there's a couple areas where dying or falling off the map or something would cost you a bit of progress. But for the most part, there's checkpoints all over the place. Uh, you only lose a few coins when you die instead of lives. Yeah. Um, it used to be in the older ones like Super Mario. If you lost all your lives, uh, it kicks you out of the world. You literally have to start from the beginning of that. Well, uh, painting in 64 anytime you yeah. die you get kicked out of the level entirely yeah okay. and if you lose all of your lives you have to restart the g- game or go from like a save state oh, okay yeah that's even more like, which i think is just like kicked out of the castle then yeah or you might have to reload i forget mm-hmm. but yeah it's not crazy penalizing for things mm-hmm. it always felt good to try things out and then get it correct and then be rewarded for it. And if you fuck up, you try again. Like there yeah. were some boss fights where I definitely died because mm-hmm. uh, I goofed on some inputs or like the Toasterina boss, mm-hmm. like the, the he- head, the giant head with the two hands. I slipped on some ice once or twice. Right. It yeah. wasn't nice. <laughs> um, and then I died thrice. Right. Um, right, I'll stop. That that last death was completely unrelated. <laughs> it was up up to and not more than two ice slips. <laughs> but you died three times. Mm-hmm. Story's not checking out. There's more going on here. But like, then I, you just you go back in. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, and then you you get it correct and you move on. Mm-hmm. And the um the game is really uh it's it's somewhat forgiving. Uh, as far as health is concerned, if you are possessing a creature, I kind of expected that the the creature would die if it took damage, but Mario still takes damage, so you share Mario's health pool. Um, 
but a lot of areas will have a uh, a shop. Most areas actually have a shop where you can like like you mentioned, pick up the moon and then a health upgrade, which will give increase your max health only on that world, which the game doesn't really convey to you that well. Is it overall max or is it like a a temp health? It's it does increase your max for that world is my understanding. Okay, Um, because I did drop back down. And then later, I like picked up some hearts and brought me back up to six. Um, so if you're having you... trouble with a boss clear, that would be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, the you're pretty much guaranteed to hit the shop well before you would get to the um, well before you would get to the boss. Um, and so uh, some of the early levels actually have the shop really close to the start of the map. Where you can like cash in some of those coins and get the health upgrade for the entire entire level basically it's kind of a subtle balancing where they put the shop in different locations in bowser's kingdom near the end of the game the shop is like right before the final encounter um but some of the earlier levels they put the shop literally near where the odyssey excuse me where the odyssey touches down the odyssey being a giant hat because design team i guess <laughs> well it's from it's it's the uh the, the ship from the, the hat, hat world yeah, yeah. Hat kingdom. i just like how they're kingdoms and not worlds yeah and they're also kind of like on a globe which is the weird mm-hmm. part to me <laughs> so, like that's 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 kind of a non sequitur it doesn't really make any sense i liked the binding of paintings a little bit more and super mario 64 rather than these are all just very very geographically different locations on the same world which makes less sense yeah it it just falls under the nintendo fun creative diversity space of we need an ice level we need a fire level Mm -hmm. some common staples of different biomes if you will did you have a favorite area before this is before i ask favorite morph Right, yeah, yeah. And if you disagree with me, I will pause this recording, drive over (laughs) to your house, and give you a smack. So I have I have some candidates um, for uh, some different reasons. Um, Metro Kingdom is probably my top uh, contender because Mm -hmm. what's weird is it's the most mundane in a way. It's literally just like a city, basically like New York or something. Taxi cabs, just humans, which is a little bit weird in a mario game but that um uh the fact that they pulled it off and they made it feel like it could fit in a mario universe is kind of what was really cool to me um and the um the final there's usually a story for each kingdom you like run here get this heart run here do this whatever ends up with a boss fight and then the main stuff is complete you can keep getting um moons if you want and then leave and the conclusion for metro kingdom was like freaking awesome this whole like retro side scroller um well like um pauline paulina is um like singing in the background the whole thing is great um i love that yeah they do a good job of blending in like some classic mario Mm -hmm. so i think in most levels you actually might have a go into a pipe and you're now 2D Mario. And it's just classic. Hey, do you remember playing Super Nintendo? Of course you do. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't, it's really easy to pick up. You go left to right and you jump. 
There you go, yeah. But Mario it, Jumpman Mario. It's like a nice little tie-in. Like, they have so many small asides for, hey, here's like a platforming puzzle. Hey, here's a 2D section. There's so much variety, so nothing ever feels like, ah, oh, I'm doing the exact same thing over and over and over again. No, mm-hmm. there's like 50 different small things. Yeah. So it always feels like fresh gameplay. Or yeah, sometimes whole... they had like 2D worlds where you're 2D as long as you're tied with this certain color background. If you go off of that color background, you get popped out and you're now 3D again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Kirby has done something sort of similar with like Kirby Epic Yarn mm-hmm. um, where they, they have that transition. It's always really cool when you jump out the top of the 2D sections in Odyssey um, because there's no like roof on a section and then you just go back to 3D Mario because you jumped off the 2D plane. That's really cool. I like that. That feels good. Um, Do you have a favorite kingdom? I'm looking at the list here. Um, And justify your answer, please. (laughs) (laughs) While you you do this, I'm going to tell you my runner-up, which was uh, Snow Kingdom. Which um, I actually liked just because it was a very focused area. There's like a race course with a racing mini game, which is kind of like Mario Kart esque, except with way more bouncing, which I found hilarious. Um, and then the main area just had like it's one open space with a bunch of a bunch of moons, and I'm like, I'm gonna farm here. So I just <laughs> got a lot of moons for the uh, ahead on the next area thematically i hate to say it but i actually really did like bonneton okay not a bit of the nightmare nightmare before christmas vibe it's very so this was nighttime right yeah yeah very nighttime feeling uh the moon's out there's always like this hazy mist Mm -hmm. and you're on these different hat platforms and you have spooky hills and stuff i don't know it's just thematically i really liked it yeah it was a really good opener too. It set the theme for like basically the plot of the game is Bowser is trying to marry Peach and he's getting stuff ready for the wedding. There you go. So each area has like something very <laughs> specific like these flowers or this wedding cake or yeah. A stew. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. for the reception. Um and so he's basically ruining all these kingdoms by taking their national treasure, much like Nicolas Cage, and um, just getting it all together for his wedding. And like the Cap Kingdom introduces you. So this is literally the first area of the game. Mario has been anti-aircraft gunned and um, the the Cap follows him down. And it's kind of like ruined. Like uh, the it's clearly been besieged. Bowser's messed the place up. Um so it, it helps like Nintendo does this a lot, but they do um, non-narrative storytelling. They're just like, okay, Bowser's the bad guy, not just to Mario, which is always the case because of the love triangle, I guess. I don't know. But also Bowser's a bad guy to the I rest of the world. I mean, you've seen Peach. <laughs> i don't know is I, that I, a convincing I, enough sentence um <laughs> i have seen peach <laughs> no, yeah he's just a bad guy for bad guy's sake um mm-hmm. i don't know also, if he's thick in this game yeah he is large 
I, I like no idea how, how he he's into Smash. He, how he's become better over time. Uh-huh. Like he looks like an actual character versus again playing sixty four, a mm-hmm. polygonal mess. Yeah, but they still keep a lot of the same theming for him, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And then when you have like the interactions with him, it wasn't like a crazy difficult boss fight. None of them really are. No, it's like the simple like, hey, here's your mechanic. Do it three times correctly, and you win. Yes, mm-hmm. but but they're fun. Like yeah, for, a lot of- with Bowser, he throws out his. He's in like a a wedding tux, all white, yeah, a white hat, and he kind of like throws it out. So you you take over the hat, you wear the giant hat, but the hat also has boxing gloves because uh-huh. Bowser's a dirty cheat. Mm-hmm. Um, so you walk up with these gloves and you just punch the shit out of him and his own hat. <laughs> There was a there was a mechanic related to that that I thought was of note, um, because much like Mario sixty four, where you fight Bowser multiple times, mm-hmm. um, you fight Bowser multiple times here. I think twice in, in both games. Yeah, one's in um, the Cloud Kingdom, which is like a brief interim, and then mm-hmm. I think at the end. Yeah, and um, Moon Kingdom. Moon Kingdom. Yeah, um, but they they do a little mix up where uh, the mechanics are slightly tougher. But if you remember the previous fight, then you have a head start on learning them. But he does this thing where after you've been punching him, he'll do a tail swipe. Mm-hmm. And the first time it might hit you. I think that happens in the cloud kingdom. Um, and then on the moon kingdom, he's like, oh, no, double tail swipe. And then for the final hit, triple tail swipe. And you can kind of anticipate the triple. But the double might throw you off. And it's one of the very few points in the game where they're actually like, we kind of expect most people will get hit by this. But as soon as you get hit by it, you'll know exactly what to do for the retry. And it's it just reads really, really easily. Like basically what I'm trying to convey is compared to other boss fights where sometimes you might die, but you're not really sure exactly what you should do to fix and this one is just like, oh, at this specific point in the fight, he'll do tail, two tail swipes. I'll jump over two and I'll keep punching him, which makes it really easy to learn and progress. Yeah, this goes back to like you're never really held back that much. You're always kind mm-hmm. of shown this is where you go. This is what you do. It's not hand holding, I wouldn't say. It's just very direct for this is what you need to do. Yes. It's intuitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when you get certain morphs, you're like, oh, I now know this opens this range of possibilities. Yeah. There was uh, one particular morph I wanted to mention because it made me feel, it lets you feel witty uh, for this is there's a, um, a magma orb morph that can like swim through liquids. Uh, and if ever you land on, uh, land, <laughs> then it dies and you go back to being Mario because Mario's murder. Um, and there is a section where there's like a contiguous piece of land and you needed to get while in more form uh, to the other side of it. And there's these tomato enemies that you can uh, hit once and they just like ooze out into a puddle, but the puddle stays there. 
And the solution is to get those tomatoes in like some configuration of these. Um, you kill them in such a configuration, you make these puddles on the ground and you can jump into the puddles as the ooze. And when I figured that out, I was just like, take that, Mr. Nintendo freaking solved your game. And he's like, yeah, we made the game. this way. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it gives you that sense of pride and accomplishment that EA doesn't give me anymore. No, it's definitely nice to have the option. It's not like laid out of like, it needs to be here. It's you mm-hmm. can make your own path in that for that specific example for like whatever you feel is comfortable for like a jump distance. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. I think the main reason you figure it out is you kill one of the tomato enemies and then you see like this pool of red. It's essentially mm-hmm. still magma, but you walk yeah. over and it damages you and you're like, oh, oh, yeah. So anytime you get to like put those pieces together and then utilize that morph, it feels really cool. Yeah. One of my favorite morphs and should be your favorite morph is motherfucking Pokio. Uh-huh. Love it. So it's like this very small bird. I don't know if it's been other games, um, but this is in the Japanese Bowser Kingdom level. Mm-hmm. What is that called? It's Bowser Kingdom. Okay. Uh, Bowser oh. Castle. Yeah. But the action on it is it just sticks out its nose really quick. Like mm-hmm. it just stabs out. So it feels like really cool to kill enemies with it. But also yeah. if it sticks its nose into a certain type of surface, you're kind of stuck in there like uh, a dart. Yeah. But you can move you... the right stick to kind of fling yourself in a direction and then stab back in the wall. Mm-hmm. So you can traverse vertically and horizontally using this. Yeah. So just kind of fling yourself up and stab back in. It, it's like a woodpecker. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. It's like Woody the woodpecker if he was more rotund. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a perfect, adorable sphere that stabs things. It's great. But I mean, there are some challenges there for sure where I'm like, motherfucker, please just go where I want you to go. Yeah. Because uh-huh. um, sometimes the flinging, maybe on my end, was not so accurate. And I have right. to keep trying again. But it always felt cool. I really enjoyed that. To start a stab was the same button to release a wall stab, yep. which killed me many times. Because, <laughs> and eventually, I kind of like realized I don't have to hold the button mm-hmm. after I poked into the wall. Then it made it a little bit easier. But it's it- a really cool vertical solution that makes you feel like you're cheating, and that's what I think the best morphs do. As you're just like, oh, found the cheat code, Nintendo. You left this one in. And you get to feel uh, godlike for a little while. Backdoor, backdoor in the server through the firewall. <laughs> yeah. Is there a specific morph outside of Pokio that really stood out to you? Uh, other than the jet squid, which was also uh, previously mentioned, was great. I'm um, sorry. I sometimes bumped my audio. So I completely mm-hmm. muted you on my end for like four seconds. I don't know. I was just saying the jet squid was the the first mention. Mm-hmm. Um, something else that was really cool. Let's see. Uh, I never got the bird, so this is a non-answer because I know the bird was flying around and it had the um, which bird? You can hit hit this with a cap. I think in the desert kingdom, sand kingdom. Oh, that's not a morph. Oh, okay. That's just you unlock a moon if you hit the bird. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. Um. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to pick an ironic answer, actually. 
and um, I think it was the the Wooded Kingdom, which is basically just like a forest, was the first time I think I used the cap on just a large rock. <laughs> and the only thing you can do is just budge the rock very slowly in a direction. And you kind of like uncover a tunnel, which had some like uh, uh, kingdom-based currency. Mm-hmm. Each ki- currency. Each kingdom has their own currency. But I love the... Um, and then there's a global currency, which are just the coins. Two different shop types. Uh, but I love that it's just like, this does nothing, right? You're just, you're just like, oh, just put the hat on the rock so you can slowly kind of inch the rock back um, and get through there. And it was kind of, it blew my mind at the time. I was like, Nintendo, you're so dumb. And also, this is great. <laughs> That's what I like about it is like the the tiny little things they pack in there. Because you're like, wow, they have so many options for things to do. It really makes you want to explore. You're like, but what else is there? What else can I do? What else can I find? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where you kind of get into the power moon hunting, where you're like looking around corners, under things, hitting things repeatedly. Like, show me your secrets, Wall. <laughs> yeah. It's just really fun to get rewarded for the exploration and trying things out. Yeah. Or sometimes they'll say, like, hey, here's a clue. There's a star or a moon hereabouts. And then you're staring at it, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> mm, doesn't look right. Yeah, no, there's, um, as a game design kind of perspective, um, if you have a side passage and you can go down that side passage and there's nothing there, in modern games at least, you're just like, why was this here? Like, this didn't matter. I just wasted some time. And somebody had when, to like design that hallway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Mario Odyssey or Super Mario Odyssey, pardon me, I didn't mean to forget his honorific, um, is completely full of side passages and they all have something in them is <laughs> basically the way to describe the game. Like there was a time there was an area where I had to do this vertical climbing segment, like flick myself up several times by possessing these little they look like half a, a Q-tip, kind of like stuck in the wall and flinging up. And I this screwed is, up. This is separate from Pokio. These are these yeah. are fixtures on the level. Exactly. Um, and I screwed up and I fell down. I was like, oh, well, you know, I'll just try this again. Very low cost, whatever. Um, but where I fell, there were hidden coins. Uh, and I was like, I had a moment where I was like, dang it, like Nintendo, you guys are geniuses. Cause like, imagine a kid's playing this game. I'm like, oh crap, you know, I screwed up. Um, but this most common area you can fall actually has some hidden items that are not essential. They're not like counting to your level completion or anything, but you're slightly compensated literally for messing up. And it just makes it feel better to play the game like that. Um, I was like, basically Nintendo are geniuses and I've played a lot of crappy games since the last time I played a first party Nintendo game. Yeah. As I'll keep saying, like their whole design is just what is going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Like everything they make is pretty much or has been for the most part family friendly or just fun to do. They're not typically super competitive, like top tier try hard games. Mm-hmm. Smash being the exception, right? Because uh, that definitely has like a community, but it's not <laughs> it's the community's fault. <laughs> yeah, 
Sakurai is trying to make Smash as casual as possible, as often as possible. Um, it's just there's just games that feel good to play. I'm gonna hop on my whichever Nintendo system has some friends over and do X, Y, and Z. Now, granted, yeah. this is just a single player game. Um, Actually, oh, is there a multiplayer component? Yeah, if you use a uh, two-player, uh, it has local. One person can control the hat while the other person controls Mario. It has uh, uh, <laughs> it has a uh, a dual control scheme thing with the Joy Cons, where it's similar to like Mario Kart or whatever. Each person can control one Joy Con and the other. That well, sounds like uh, what I would call a relationship tester. <laughs> yeah, you think? No, so, you right? gotta gotta do it. No, you gotta do it now. Ah, mm, mm. <laughs> I Why aren't you jumping? It. I didn't test it all at all because I value my uh, marriage. But um, yeah, it at least exists as a feature technically. Jake <laughs> and I are just looking at each other's eyes for a moment. It's, yeah, it's not all about you guys. All right. Sometimes we need some time to ourselves. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is a single player experience uh, for the most part. And I suspect that's how most people play the game. I imagine bosses would be literally intolerable <laughs> in two-player. Yeah. And again, it's not like it's overall that difficult until you get to some of the bonus things. Like, if you collect a certain number of moons, you can unlock the dark side of the moon or the darker mm-hmm. side of the moon. Mm-hmm. There might be a biggest, blackest side of the moon. If, I don't <laughs> recall. Not confirmed. Um, but they're kind of like challenge modes for, hey, you have to use these different morphs and get through on one life which I did do after cursing a lot because at Mm. one point you have to be Yoshi and I don't like those mechanics at all. (laughs) And then there's another one where it's a boss rush, but it's in low gravity because you're on the moon Mm. and you don't have any healing pickups through the boss fight where typically Mm. you can kind of break a rock or the boss will shoot something out that you can just kind of hit for a heart. Right. So, It's the hardcore part. Yeah. This is for the more grown-up Mario aficionados that we're playing. Like Donkey, we're playing challenge Mario Maker levels for too many years, right? Yeah, and I like the idea of those. I like the fun platforming of Mario. If I feel like certain things are too difficult for me or I'm not getting it, I won't stick with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like the hard part like of things of Mario Maker where you have to be very precise. Right. Because that's not where I excel. Right. No, me either. I have no interest in that, actually. <laughs> I'm too much of a casual. Give me the games that give me coins when I fail. <laughs> Speaking of coins, did you ever look into the Luigi's Balloon World, which I think is unlocked I- after base game? Yeah, so after after the end of the game, the end the, after the credits, you get to uh, Mushroom Kingdom where Luigi's there with the balloons, and he's like, "Hey, I've got a mini game thing you can do, and your scores will be posted online." And I'm like, "No, Luigi, I res- now respect my privacy. I'm not going to do your thing." And it wasn't because I cared about my privacy. I was just kind of done with the game at that point. I was taking a break, but I didn't try it out. What uh, what's that like? So basically, you have 10 seconds to go hide the balloon, and then you can kind of post it as a challenge for other people to go and find it. Ah, they just okay. get an arrow to where the balloon is, and they have 10 seconds to get there. Mm-hmm. So 
essentially it's I guess horse from like Tony Hawk. They essentially have to replicate your steps or find out what it is. Uh, um, but you can get extra time by getting more coins. So gotcha. maybe you do something really elaborate and get it to some very far place and they have to figure out what it is. Or maybe mm. you hide it in a certain spot and they try and go initially and then they fail. Right. And the same way you can play other people's levels as well. So it's another having Nintendo make the player base make the content of the game yeah for people to try out yeah yeah which as a model is interesting but i think it's fun for people who just want more mario or nintendo content but you also have that community interaction oh yeah i mean we should uh we should honestly have an episode about the topic of community created content at some point um because there's plenty of examples I can think of in the industry of how this is used in good and bad ways, but you know, mostly good, I guess. But I love that Nintendo did that. They threw in a bunch of content that was clearly like it's post game content. Um, so you didn't need to right? a lot of yeah. games. And after the credits happen, uh, this has a world that is only available after the credits happen. So I don't know. That's really cool of them. Did you do much post game or were you just kind of done? It was uh, a little bit late. Um, and the final session, <laughs> the night before this recording, <laughs> when I, I tapped out. So okay. uh, I didn't do much in the, the Mushroom Kingdom. I basically dropped in. I was like, oh, look, it's Luigi. And he's holding onto a balloon and floating in the air. I'm going to see if he's a playable character. I talk to him and he's like, you want to play a different game? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I tried a little bit i ended up getting 500 moons to unlock some of the other sides yeah. of a moon mm-hmm. some, so like some of them you get really quick uh, <laughs> but i also did have a lot of free time um that's like five times the number necessary to see the credits uh for, yep. the, the, for the listening yep yep it is i saw i i heard dave um i heard dave i we were talking on discord and after i was done he's like so how many moons you get I was like, all right, I'll just I'll walk into this <laughs> into this flex, <laughs> just kind of casually. It wasn't open. a flex. It was I asking was like, about the post game. <laughs> I slowly turn the doorknob. There's just like extra like upbeat music. Open the door, and Dave's just flexing like some sort of anime character, JoJo. I went um, full All Might. Five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually delayed too because you didn't tell me at the time how many moons you got. Saved the reaction here for the podcast. That's content. <laughs> One million moons. <laughs> all of them. I mean, I got all of them. <laughs> I think it was just what I was playing at the time. And I was like, oh, I wanted a little bit of that completionism for I have all the moons in this area. Yes. But then the it, further I got, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I don't have the patience for some of these. There's a lot. There's a lot of moons. But it felt cool to like go through an area and they're like, hey, here's the one power moon for a side challenge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, there was another moon back there. I'm like, oh, fuck, where? Yeah. So one was like, you're going on this very flat wall and like platforms are coming out. You have to do some hat jumps. Um, but for life, like I went through it three times. I'm like, I don't know where this fucking moon is. Mm-hmm. Um, then as soon as I got to the top before I exited, I'm like, let me just go back 
and one of the platforms I was pushing out on the opposite side of it, there was like a little moon tucked in like a secret uh, compartment. I'm like, son of a bitch, but it yeah. felt cool to really find it at that point. Yeah. It's so like, Oh, you tricked me. That's pretty good. So little things yeah. like that kept me going for a good bit before I just said, I'm going to force Jake to play it now. <laughs> right. You're, you're too invested at that point. Um, yeah, no, they like to do that. They'll have like a very linear looking section. And it's like, you know, off to the side here, if you're paying attention, I'm just saying there's a moon. Only if you want it, though. You don't have to grab it. You're like, I saw the moon. I'm going, I'm going for the moon. <laughs> I don't care if this resets me. Um, yeah, oh, it, oh. It, so good. I was just thinking there's a I forget which level. What's the one with like the poison lake? Poison. Poison. Um, I mean, so it depends. A couple of them had water that was noxious, luncheon kingdom. Well, it was kind had... of like a safari ish kingdom. Safari ish kingdom. Oh, there was the jungle. That would have been I didn't see it on Is the it list. Lost kingdom? I think it's Lost Kingdom. Okay, let's say Lost Kingdom for sake of time. Yeah, Forgotten Isle sounds right. There was this little caterpillar you could morph into, mm-hmm. and you oh, you could yeah, kind yeah. of extend and build out a path. And then when you let go, if your head was on top of a uh, solid terrain, the rest of your body would kind of like snap back in. Yep, it just it felt cool. It, it was a really cool idea. And if you didn't, if the head wasn't on ground, you would recoil to the back. Yes, you wouldn't like drop off to your death. Which took me a moment to like realize, but the game literally uses this um, late in a. Um, everybody has played like a lot of games has probably had a segment like this in platformers where you're on a moving platform and you have to uh, uh, dodge obstacles, like while you're on the platform. This is the the duck move to the left, move to the right, whatever, um, but re- return to that moving platform so you don't um, die. And uh, they had you be the caterpillar or. You could avoid possessing the caterpillar, but you would fail because it was you know necessary to progress. Um, and then there's like, oh, there's some coins off to the side here. Um, I'm going to go for those coins. And there's like a wall right there, like well, where the coins basically were. And if you follow the coins, you would actually go all the way around this side of the wall back to the main platform. And I had like a mind blown moment where I was like, Oh, that was actually the solution. They showed it to me. I never thought about moving around the entire wall with a caterpillar. It was freaking great. Nintendo does that. Yeah. They're just exemplary for that. Is this... Let's say another Mario game comes out in this Mm -hmm. same type of space. Another 3D platformer. Yeah. Is this something that you'd be keen on looking into? No. No, 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 just, no, just no, I mean, I would I would definitely um, give it a, a, a fair shake, I think. Um, I don't play, as I literally say on every episode, I don't play that many platformers. And Mario is the quintessential platformer. But it's kind of pretty good. It's a little bit it's a little bit better than I was feeling um, like going into it. And I think I beat this in three sessions like there were dedicated play sessions and I was having fun with it. And um, 
I mean, I would, I would definitely look at it. It would, it, some of it might come down to what the, what the quirk is. So like the quirk for Mario Sunshine was cleaning off all this goop with your water launcher. And the quirk for Super Mario 64 was there is no quirk, but we're establishing a lot of mechanics we're going to use 26 years from now. And <laughs> the uh, the quirk for Odyssey is possess all these creatures. If it was just Mario, probably not as much. But if they had another cool something to carry it, mm-hmm. I would uh, I'd probably buy in for that. I would argue, though, that for 64, the, the trick, what were you calling it? The quirk. The quirk for that mm-hmm. is the camera. That camera angle is a motherfucker. Oh, okay. The quirk is a bad thing. In yes. I feel like it's just there to fuck with you. Um, They're just like, uh, what was the name of the camera operator? It begins with an L, right? Locky 2. Yeah. They're like, let's just slow him down a bit. Give him some drinks. <laughs> How's that affect gameplay? <laughs> Uh, he can only do two angles. Um, <laughs> are you near a wall? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to have to work have with. That. Shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I'm not really a big platformer guy either. Um, if I'm doing any platforming nowadays, it's like in a 2D Metroidvania sense mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, and I've never been a huge Nintendo fanboy, but I really did enjoy my time with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would be curious to follow up on things in future going forward. Uh, yeah. We'll see how much the legacy Mario games scar me to make me appreciate Mario Odyssey that much more. What were the three included in the package you got? Super Mario 64, mm-hmm. Sunshine, oh nice, and Galaxy. Gotcha, gotcha. Which mm-hmm. Galaxy I haven't touched at all, but I've heard really right. good things. Yeah, that was supposed to be, they got like 100 uh, or 10 out of 10 on so many sites when it came out. Yeah, I feel that I should go back and experience that partially for the podcast, but also just for my own gaming edification. Right, yeah. Throw the Mario rep. <laughs> People are like, you heard of Banjo-Kazooie? I'm like, I've heard of it. Yeah, he, pl- he plays a banjo, right? <laughs> banjo and a kazoo. <laughs> yeah, it's about a bird that plays a banjo. <laughs> Um, yeah no it, it is really good though I mean if you are a fan of Mario games you've already played this so congratulations on being better than me I guess but um, yeah how do we how do we recommend or not recommend this we can say it's good but we should qualify like if like, you like 3D platformers and if you like Nintendo I imagine you'll have fun with this <laughs> Sega don't what Nintendo doesn't work. Tried it. <laughs> <laughs> Even that took me a brief second to remember the joke. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like certain games like Kirby I've enjoyed for like the universe, but it's always been like a 2D platformer and mm-hmm. fairly simple and straightforward. But like I enjoy it because it's part of what I grew up with. Right. Uh, whereas this was just fun for fun's sake. If you don't like platforming oh, yeah. at all, don't fucking touch it. But mm-hmm. if it's if it's going to be in your wheelhouse, check it out. Yeah. I would actually, I would say, since Hollow Knight is the game that I'll compare all platformers to. Oh, yeah. For the rest of uh It's forever. the Dark Souls of, 
<laughs> right, those <laughs> platformers. Kind of literally, but also not. <laughs> um, I think if you could get through Hollow Knight without the platforming, like turning you off, um, or you enjoyed Hollow Knight and the platforming wasn't enough to dissuade you, I'd recommend Odyssey because there's enough here that it's just, it's legitimately pretty great. I'm sure it's like 15 bucks on, um, uh, on used, I would expect. Maybe I'll on check used, real yeah. Uh, a lot of Nintendo's um, main games, even on Switch, are still 50, 60. They don't really deprecate in value at all. Yeah, I'm a filthy liar. It's like 50 bucks. Don't okay. buy this game. <laughs> <laughs> Borrow it from a friend. If you uh, want I my copy, um, just ask Jake, as he is the current <laughs> owner of it, and we'll keep God. passing it around through the generations. I just accumulate Dave's possessions. <laughs> it's, I've got several things. So, you know, we have a good functional friendship. Um, yeah. Wow. There's like no use copies. People do not resell this game. So take that how you will. It has no resale value. Don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Mario is pretty good. Check out the next one. Hopefully it's a co-op early access survival crafting experience. Um, because that's really what we go for here. And as always, if you guys feel like sending in your feedback about uh, what the co-op survival crafting experience with Mario would be, you can do so at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or join the discussion uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. Is this the first first-party Nintendo game we've covered? Hmm. It might be. I think it might be because I kind of skipped out on Breath of the Wild. Hmm. Interesting. My bad. As we'll go back and do Kirby Air Ride, I promise. <laughs> oh, no. We, yeah, we did a Kirby game. Or I think we did a Kirby game. Oh, we did a Kirby Superstar. Yeah. Yeah. That one counts. Uh, as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night. Mm-hmm.